Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello. Welcome to Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jadikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 28, Bitches Back. Mm. And we are joined by a very special guest, Maris Kreisman. Hi. Hi. Honored to join you for this episode. Well, it's funny because I'm always kind of looking ahead to see when episodes I want to recap are coming. And I was like, when is the Kimberly, (laughs) the big Kimberly episode that we're going to talk about today coming up? And I was Googling it. And one of the first things to pop up was your essay on this episode I think it was, I think it was the for cut. the cut it's and it was cut. called something like something you'll never stop thinking about it was like I one think of those about years. this a lot yeah <laughs> and uh, I still do I still do <laughs> and how can you not I was reading this article this week it's a great it's a great little essay I highly recommend it we'll add a link to it yeah in our show notes it's it's from the cut and I'm going to read a tiny excerpt from it, like at the end of the episode, okay. because I feel like the way you described that moment was just so perfect. Thank yeah. You. Anyway. <laughs> no. So when I, the minute I saw that, I was like, we were talking about having guests on and I was like, oh, I got to ask her to come on for this episode. And luckily you were available and interested. So I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much. Let's just get into this episode. Allison's getting ready for work and she wakes up Billy in a horny way. She's finally ready to start having sex again. Yeah. None of us are ready for it. We're not- <laughs> <laughs> and he likes it. And she's like, the nightmares have stopped, Billy. She's I forgot ready. the circumstances, but she had just been stuck. Yes. That was at the end of season one. Oh, gosh. So- <laughs> That was that was the Keith debacle right now where we're at is upon her after leaving her parents house in Wisconsin, like they went to visit her parents and tell them they were engaged. When they return to L.A., Allison starts having these scary nightmares about the basement in her parents' house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Of course. Yeah. This is one <laughs> of my favorite. memories. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite storylines, especially because the dominoes just fall so hard for Allison after this. Like, things just really go off the rails. Um, So she's been having reoccurring nightmares for the past few episodes now. But according to Allison... The nightmares have stopped and she wants to have sex with Billy again. And we know Allison's a people pleaser. So she's she's like happy to be back on board with pleasing Billy. Yeah. It's her element. She's in her element. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this time around, I realized how close up the camera gets when when characters are kissing. Like it must, that must have seemed like erotic to me in 1994 <laughs> or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, there, this was like very heavy on the like makeout scenes and then the tumbling into bed, lots of rolling around. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it does get very close, like almost too close. But yes, as a teen or a child, it would have been very titillating. <laughs> yeah. I think as a teen, you like seeing people make out. Oh, totally. And now as an adult, you're kind of like, okay, enough. <laughs> yeah. 
at the beach house, Michael and Sydney are walking on the sand in their robes, drinking coffee. And Sydney's like, you know, Michael, I think I'm going to get out of the business and just be a doctor's wife full time. And she's the, what happened the previous episode is Michael finally has told Sydney that he loves her and he he does want to be married to her and he wants to have this life with her. And Sydney has finally gotten everything she's wanted. She doesn't know it's about to come crashing down. <laughs> and she tells him that she's going to get out of the business. She's going to be home late tonight. And they kiss. But then Michael notices out on the deck, he sees Kimberly walking around in what looks like a satin robe. And he actually says out loud, it couldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and Sydney doesn't and- question it. And I, I mean, I loved that we're supposed to believe that Michael Mancini has a guilty conscience. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's just convinced he's seen stuff at this point. Yeah. At the hospital, Michael's telling Matt that he's been seeing Kimberly everywhere. And Matt, First of all, we talk about Matt being a saint all the time because he puts Mm -hmm. up with the most shit out of anyone in Melrose Place. He's like, Michael, you're overreacting. Like, I can't believe he's even giving Michael the time of day in this moment. No, and Michael's like, it's like out of a Stephen King novel. (laughs) Yeah. Also, this is a side note, but both of their ties are incredibly loud. Like in a way that I didn't notice again, probably in the nineties, but, but looking back like, wow, they just at the hospital on a regular day. It was a loud tie era. (laughs) Right. And this is where Michael does says it it must be my guilty conscience. And Matt on cue was like, you don't have one. Right. (laughs) We love when Matt sasses back. Yeah. Matt can be absolutely shady sometimes. Michael's like, I guess I just need some sleep. We got a Joe photo shoot scene. She's got a job and she's shooting models on the beach, but there's also a volleyball game happening. Okay. So I have to go back to the credits. I literally screamed when I saw special guest star Linda Gray. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is the models ink jumping off episode. Yeah. This <laughs> is the, I got super excited. This is the backdoor pilot. Yeah. This is the backdoor pilot for models Inc. She meets a model who's on the shoot named Sarah and Joe's given her a pep talk. This, this model is a little insecure. Well, she's from the Midwest. Her name, she's played by Cassidy Ray. I was a huge models Inc. girl. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and Amanda approaches and she's like, Joe, I need to speak to you now. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? Hiring a girl from models Inc. We don't hire from them. I love the idea that there's an agency called Models Inc. too. (laughs) And everybody at D&D knows (laughs) that you do not hire. It's like a rule of D&D. It sounds like a scam agency that asks you to pay for (laughs) for their services. We'll pay pay for your initial headshot. Like pay us for your headshot (laughs) portfolios. Yeah. And then nothing happens. It's like Barbizon. It's a total Barbizon scam. Um, and Amanda's like, get rid of her. And Joe's like, I can't do that, Amanda. And then Amanda's like, fine, I'll do it. And she calls Sarah over and she just fires her. (laughs) This is so humiliating. But Amanda loves firing people. Yes, she does. Especially wholesome people like Sarah, you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) she's completely innocent. She's almost taking out her Allison rage on Sarah. Oh, totally. In this moment. And Sarah Mm -hmm. is crushed. And of course, Joe is really pissed off. She doesn't get it. But a storm's coming in, so they need to wrap it up. It is <laughs> uncharacteristically, it is like an East Coast thunderstorm happening in Los Angeles yes. right now. It is right. like it is like New York in July or August with the lightning storms here. And the writers are not being subtle with this. <laughs> this is this is the problem with basing your show in los angeles when you want to uh display drama with the weather is yeah yeah we don't have we don't have a lot of dramatic weather you know like this winter we did have a lot of rain but it was very unusual 
And it wasn't like dramatic, sinister lightning and thunder. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it is pouring rain and Allison is cooking linguine with clam sauce. Not eating that. I don't trust these clams. I know. <laughs> I think they're jarred clams. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust. We know, look, we know Allison's signature dish is tuna surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. And Billy's like, of course, he's so excited. This is like his favorite meal. He just starts eating it right from the pan. Yeah. Like he thinks he's Jeffrey Garten. This <laughs> <eating his> meal. <laughs> Allison's on the phone, on her cordless phone, the phone we all had in mm -hmm. 1994, and she's talking to her parents because they want to help with the wedding, and they've hired a Beverly Hills wedding planner, and they're going to pay for it. And Billy's hesitant about this because he thought, I thought we are going to have a small wedding, Allison. Yeah. I love the idea that this Midwest sort of middle-class family is hiring a Beverly Hills wedding planner. Like that is an outrageous expense. That <laughs> just went and happen. and to do all of these things that you know beyond like what food they'll be eating. Like the way this this wedding planner might just have a say in like where Billy should buy his tux. <laughs> yeah, like, or or what the dress looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not. You know who she That's reminded me of? Is she reminded me of? This is a flashback to season one. Rhonda's roommate, who was really anal retentive <laughs> and controlling. And was played by Ray Don Chong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was in, she had like a little. And then she became a decorator with Terrence, Rhonda's husband, our future husband. Yeah. She reminded me of her in her decorator mode where she was so overbearing. <laughs> yes. And wanted chintz everywhere. So they're hesitant, but they're going to meet with her. And then they start getting hot and heavy in the kitchen because they haven't fucked in a while. Yeah. She's on the counter. Yeah. She's that, on the counter. That's... That was scandalous for Allison. Yeah. yeah. Sex on the kitchen counter. She's going to have to clean that afterwards. I, <laughs> yeah, sure. I bet she was like thinking like she was a little distracted by the linguine and clam sauce on the stove. Yeah. It's like, going to burn. We need to turn it off. Uh, lightning is crashing over the beach house. Michael's drinking a beer, reading a book. <laughs> and he thinks, as one did in the 90s. As one did. Yeah, he's not scrolling, he's not scrolling Twitter. No, that's very true. I like that he's, he's just in a bed beer with right. a beer and a book. A yeah. beer and a book is great. I love it. That's my summer vibe, I think. If <laughs> if this was 2023, he'd be swiping through Tinder. Oh, totally. Like he would still be For on sure. the apps despite being married. He thinks Sydney's come home and he calls out for her, but it's not Sydney. And this <gasps> is why we need the lightning. Because <laughs> he's kind of in the dark. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I don't know if the power's out, like what, or he had one lamp on in was, his room. It was so dark in that house. So he, but the lightning flashes and we see a glimpse of Kimberly. Yeah. A classic use of lightning. Like she's Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't believe it and he's like what Kimberly and she's like you can touch me I'm real Michael yeah and he he touches her and he's like oh my god but your mother said you were dead <laughs> yeah and she's like well she was just trying to protect me from you Michael and he's like oh Kimberly like, he just turns on a dot like there's no he's just like oh Kimberly I missed you so much like he He's horny for her immediately. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, they have a real chemistry. They do. And he's like, I made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so much has happened these five months, Kimberly. You have no idea. He's like, I made, I made a few mistakes, but I'm so sorry. And she kisses him and she shows her engagement ring. And she's like, well, I still have this. And I'm, I'm back to claim what's mine. Yeah. And the lightning is just popping off. Mm. Ominous. Yeah. yeah. And then even more ominous, she says, I have to go because I have a big day at the hospital tomorrow. <laughs> I like that she just suddenly has her job back at right. the hospital. And Michael wouldn't have heard 
Yeah. Like, how did she and get where the job? is she sleeping? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where is she staying? Because clearly she's been there for a bit, right? Before yeah. she goes to Michael. Right. Yeah. I want Kimberly. I need an episode of Kimberly, Kimberly's side life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Her, her leaving Chicago or wherever she, where, where, Ohio? Was she in Ohio? I think it was Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Her leaving Cleveland, coming back to LA, renting a hotel room. Yeah. Calling Dr. Levin and be like, hey, this is weird. I know everyone thought I was dead. I'm back, baby. But I really need this job right now. So the next day, Sydney wakes up Michael by kissing him. And he is like rattled and shaken. We love Michael. He's in his wife beater. He's wearing he's- yeah. We love this look on him and he's questioning, like we can see he's questioning if what he saw last night with Kimberly really happened. And Sydney is totally oblivious. She's like, thinks they're starting this new chapter of their marriage where it's like almost like a real relationship now. But that shit is, is done. (laughs) Well, it's done. And Michael is mean to her again in this scene. Yes. Which is like definitely back how long was he nice for to her for (laughs) like like a day like (laughs) i don't even know if it's a full day (laughs) yeah you're right at dnd allison (laughs) this is great Um, allison's always asking (laughs) for personal days (laughs) and like look i don't think anyone should be overworked at all but allison definitely pushes pushes it a little bit with amanda which is always some of my favorite interactions with her when she's like, Amanda, I'm going to need to take a month off because I want to go to uh, Cabo. Is that cool? And Amanda's like, Allison, you are embarrassing all of us. She wants some personal days. And Amanda says, Allison, you've just begun to concentrate on work again after all your relationship drama. (laughs) And she's like, Amanda. I need to meet with my wedding planner. She's like, you have one day. Yeah. I mean, her all, her reasonings I, are always so stupid. It's like, you cannot yeah. ask your boss <laughs> you off can't for do a wedding. That <laughs> no. I mean, she did it with Keith where she was like, she didn't want to go to work because she was fucking Keith. And she did it with Billy when Billy got that hotel room for free and she wanted to go away with him. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just like. <laughs> but but also it's, I, I, I find it so fascinating that Maybe and I I wasn't working when I originally watched this show, so who knows? But um, she's asking for a personal day that day. It appears like yes, yes that she wants day to leave work. <laughs> she's come in, but she also would like a personal day. Well, it's not even like I don't have any meetings today, and it's a light day. Do you mind if I leave early? Do you know what I mean? It seems like she's always in the thick of something. It's like, you can't just leave if you have clients like that. Yeah. uh, Without someone backing you up. It's really funny. But what happens next is even funnier. Because (laughs) right as Allison is getting off on this power, I mean, Amanda's getting off on this power trip with Allison, Bruce interjects. And he's like, Amanda, I need to speak to you in the conference room right now. He's very stern. He's pissed off because he got a call from Models Inc. and found out that Amanda fired the model at the shoot from Models Inc. And he's like, where the hell do you get off firing a model because you don't like their agency? (laughs) And she's like, she is stunned in this moment. Like it is it is absolutely thrilling to watch Amanda get taken down by a superior well, because Bruce is the only one who can really do it. He's the in only this, one in this, in this season. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. And he's like, you need to apologize to them. And he's really chewing her out. And, and he's like, you need to grovel and beg. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. He says they're having, he's like, we're going to have a meeting to repair this relationship. And I expect you to grovel. And if you do anything like this again, you can find yourself another job. And she says that Amanda thing understood. <laughs> well, she, she can't show weakness. She can't even show weakness in this moment. She's understood. Yeah. She's like a little soldier. Yeah. At the hospital, Kimberly is just back looking again like a 1940s femme fatale in her blouse with the shoulders and the 
Veronica Lake hair. She's like stunning. She's just back. And they're bantering like old days. Her and and she says, good morning, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally like so old amazing. days. It's so great. And she's so chipper. She's so chipper in this scene. It's like the last five months never happened. And she says, as yeah, much. yeah. He's, he's like, Kimberly, I need to tell you something. You know, I was really sad. I was really sad for the last five months. I was grieving. So I got married to someone and she's like, really? To whom? And he says, well, I married Sydney. And he's like, look, look, babe, it was complicated. It was blackmail. I like how he has to explain such a ridiculous concept. Like I got blackmailed into marrying my sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, we all accept it. It's Melrose place. And she slams and, the and locker. And if Kimberly is like sneaking around the beach house, she doesn't know <laughs> that yeah. she has been there. Well, she was just watching them make out, right? At the end of the... So um, she just wants to make him uncomfortable she, she wants to make him that. say it yes she i yeah. think so yeah she wants to make him say it and she slams the locker and she's like doesn't matter why you did it you're just gonna have to get rid of her <laughs> <laughs> i love that she she says she's back to claim what's hers like there's just something so sinister about that even though it's it's like something she should do <laughs> do you know what i mean like <laughs> Well, you think like, okay, I've been in a coma for several months and I was engaged to this guy. I would like to still be engaged to this guy. Yeah. And why? Yeah. And it's like she she also didn't know that the mom lied. Right. She thinks Michael deserted her, basically. Yeah. But she did find out the mom eventually. Eventually. But all those months she was doing yeah i see that's why i need to see like kimberly's story where she's like working out in therapy (laughs) getting back on track to come ruin things and i also do want to know like when does kimberly come back to la and see all this stuff that michael is doing like yeah how long how long has she been casing the beach house yeah yeah (laughs) i wanted to i want to see her first reaction to seeing sydney there like honestly i just want to see a shot of her at whole foods drinking like an organic smoothie going oh i miss this we don't don't have this in cleveland (laughs) so at lunch with the wedding planner this woman is exhausting she's a real fast talker she's got her hair in a french twist wearing a power suit and allison's very overwhelmed And she said something relatable to us. She's like, the food is very important at the wedding. (laughs) And then this woman starts going off about couscous and lamb kebabs. And like, she basically... I love the 90s, like, food. It's like couscous. (laughs) (laughs) Couscous was so big in the 90s. Yeah, Mediterranean is so Sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah. 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 The artichoke carts. The Uh goat cheese pizza. She (laughs) she is talking a mile a minute she's not letting allison or billy get a word in edgewise and she like gets up at some point and allison's like i hate her and billy's like well your dad's paying for it classic billy well here's the thing the writers don't get we do not give a fuck about this wedding planner storyline <laughs> we just want more kimberly at this point like yeah it's like please stop this is like a borderline sitcom storyline yeah and it's like, I'm down for the Amanda mom story. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. Uh, launch Models Inc. I get it. But I just want the Kimberly, Sydney stuff happening right now. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unless this, unless this woman is like about to put her hand on Billy's thigh under the table. We don't care. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. No. Anyway. There's only one good aspect to this story. And we'll get to it in a bit with Jane. Like that, that is funny. very <laughs> funny. That yes. was hilarious. <laughs> Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Sydney is very pleased to see Michael come home for lunch. <laughs> and he's... Sorry, I'm just laughing at tuna salad. She's serving oh tuna salad. She's making him too. She's like, Michael, I made you tuna salad. And it's in a <laughs> massive crystal bowl. It's so big. <laughs> But she couldn't eat it by herself if you didn't have it. so much tuna salad. It was like, but it was only full filled up the bowl like a quarter of the way. Like it, it's just like the weirdest thing to make tuna salad in. Um he's he's like, we have to talk. And just launches into this immediately, goes, I want a divorce. And I want you out of the house today. Uh, it incredible. This is Pete so Michael Mancini. Yeah. He he's he he's free and clear now of Kimberly's murder. <laughs> so he no longer feels <laughs> obligated. I mean, I first of all, it's like you've committed other crimes, yeah, sir. Yeah. In this <laughs> yeah, just because not. she's not dead doesn't mean you won't be held responsible for other aspects of what Hold happened. Your horses, Mancini. Um, but yeah, this is classic Michael. He's like just turns on a dime, doesn't give Sydney any warning. He says, I feel like I woke up from a bad dream. <laughs> just as days after he said to her, we belong together. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Sydney. Um, and she has, she doesn't believe it at first. She's like, Michael, this isn't funny. He's like, Oh, it's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, maybe you're forgetting, but I can do you a lot of harm. And he's like, pack your shit. Get the fuck out of my house. And she's like, I will ruin you. But he's not scared anymore. And he's very pleased with himself. Yeah. I also love that she called him a smug piece of scum. Mm, like, yes. He is scum. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that he didn't feel the need to tell her, like, what had changed. Yeah, why? <laughs> That's no. true. That's a good point. It wasn't like Kimberly's back. No, you think Michael Mancini I, is going to sit down and have a heart yeah. to heart and be like, hey, I made a commitment to her first. I know this is really <laughs> shitty of me, but like, I can't deny my feelings for Kimberly and like, I'm willing to risk the consequences. No, no he's not going to do that. That's true. I did not even think that he didn't explain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, changed his mind. At Jane's apartment. Mm. They're all looking at this wedding dress that Jane is constructing on the dress form. And Billy's there too, as if Billy even wants to be there or needs to be there. Why would he be there? Because aren't you not supposed to see You're not supposed to see. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. But of course, Billy would fucking ruin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Billy just like wandered into Jane's apartment and everyone was like, Billy. Yeah. And he's like, what? I'd like to have an opinion. <laughs> this wedding dress is insane to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is that collar? Do you guys know what that that thing that was on top? <laughs> this is a Jane Mancini design. Yes. <laughs> this is, um, was that beading on it or lace? Lots of beading. It was lots like lots a of lot of beading. Um, I'm just so confused by that top piece that looked like a collar slash shrug. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would have appreciated like a very three sixty degrees detailed look at this gown. Also, seeing it, and on it's Allison. also like, yes, like I, I just feel like, what about that dress screams? This is what Allison would love. Yeah, no, because Allison said she wanted something traditional, and this dress was in no way traditional <laughs> to me. I think we do 
get a look at this dress on Allison. Okay. In the next few episodes, I don't remember exactly what what the right. dress what her dress looks like, but uh, this wedding planner keeps calling Billy William, which is another <laughs> like irritating quirk of hers, and he's like, "It's Billy." <laughs> And she, after they leave Jane's apartment, she's like, I hate the dress. She's going off. She is like ripping this dress to shreds. She's like, it's last year's design. I was like, that was never it in was style. <laughs> <laughs> she hates the color. She wants it. She says it's eggshell. No idea. I don't. Okay. Um, and Allison and Billy are just fuming. We're so done with this storyline. Wrap it up. But this was funny that she hated. The dress was funny. She hated Jane's dress. At D&D, Amanda is pacing. She is stressed because she's about to go into a meeting with Models Inc. and beg for forgiveness. But she knows what, what she's really afraid of. Yeah. And that is who is in that meeting, who is the head of Models Inc. And they really give her an, a great intro because we focus in on her black pumps. Mm. She has got sheer black stockings on. <laughs> we go up. She's sitting on the conference room table. Yes. And it's, I was like, oh my God, it's Sue Allen. Like, because that's where I knew her initially from Dallas. And it's Linda Gray. Yeah. And she's wearing a pinstripe skirt suit. Yeah. She's sitting very... um sexily yeah on this conference table holding court totally and amanda walks in and says the most soap opera line possible hello yes. mother perfect oh perfect, perfect. i got chills i got chills yeah. after the meeting amanda and her mom hillary are walking and talking we get a little exposition here amanda hasn't seen her mom in years and she wants nothing to do with her. And she's like, I knew you were at Models Inc. And then like the mom brings up her dad and she's like, you leave my daddy out of this. Because Palmer Woodward's on the run still. Right. He got in some trouble with the law. She's having one of those moments where it's like, only I can talk shit about that. <laughs> like you're right. not allowed to. And she also calls her Mandy, which we know is like mm. what she called Amanda. Right. Mm. And she hates that. She says, so we find out that her mom left 20 years ago. So I guess that this makes Amanda 32. Yes. Because she was like, she did that math. Well, I did the math. I was like, oh, she's supposed to be 32. Well, we all know she was like a little older than everyone. Yeah. Yeah. place, But it wasn't ever kind of clear cut how old she was. Now we know. And the mom is like really trying to like rebuild a relationship with her daughter. This is like a just like what an awkward time to to start that. (laughs) Right, like if it was so important, why didn't she just make a phone call at any point in the past twenty years? Well, we didn't know that they were so close, like in the same town, right? (laughs) And like, the the other thing is, why did the mom get her in trouble at work if she wants to rebuild the relationship? Like, wouldn't she have just called her privately? You can. Honestly, this makes total sense for her character because this is clearly a very passive aggressive woman. So she she got back in touch with her estranged daughter in the most passive aggressive way possible by like forcing a meeting. Yeah, she forced a meeting to happen um, because she's like a coward and can't just call her on the phone. But they're business women, too. Yeah, that's how they operate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're both business ladies. And Amanda storms off. She's like. She doesn't want to hear her mom's explanations. She's like, you left. You're you're out of my life. Too bad. Yeah. At the hospital. <laughs> oh, great scene. Great scene. scene. There is a cop. <laughs> there is a cop talking to Sydney, Matt, and Michael. And this cop is like, now let me get this straight. You are accusing this man of killing his fiance in a drunk driving accident. Right. And <laughs> like, I like that this interrogation would happen in the break room at all the hospital. Of them, all of them together. And Michael's like, she's deranged. Don't listen to her. And he starts questioning Michael about the night of the accident. He's like, how much did you have to drink that night? Like this guy doesn't have a case file. 
He doesn't have a, any kind of report. <laughs> like, what is what is this? Right. And Michael's literally like, yeah, I had a drink and maybe I had a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts grilling Matt. He's like, would you ever have any access to medical records or anything? And Matt's like, uh, no, not really. I guess. <laughs> and just and and Sydney starts popping off about he signed an affidavit confessing Jane's gonna I'll have Jane bring it down <laughs> yeah. I'll have my sister who hates me bring the bring the <laughs> confession down and right as she's going off Kimberly walks in and Michael's like hmm guess you have to be dead for it to be considered a homicide but she's not dead is she and then like out of a cartoon Sydney just uh faints dead away <laughs> <laughs> she collapses it is so it is cartoonish it's totally because it kimberly's like hi sid and sydney just immediately collapses <laughs> to the floor. She, Honestly, laura leighton is so funny on the show she's she one of our favorites oh we, we fucking love her we talk about her performance in this role she's so, so often she's one of my favorite tv characters her i mean her and michael mancini yeah like and there's a lot of really great performances. I think people dismiss a show like Melrose Place for a variety of reasons, but there are a lot of really incredible performances mm-hmm. on this show. Well, both Laura Layton and Thomas Calabro, like we've talked about this before, but it's like they're able to bring this comedic element, but somehow still yes. be believable in a dramatic aspect as well, which yes. is really hard. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. They're both so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're great. Anyway, Kimberly and Michael kiss, and Michael is just so <laughs> proud of himself. Sydney's he is so proud of himself. He's just in a slump. <laughs> yeah, Matt's picking up the pieces. Of course. Matt has to deal with this. So Hillary goes to Amanda's apartment, and Jake is there. He answers the door, and she's like, oh, huh. who's this hot guy? Mm-hmm. And she introduces herself as Amanda's mother. And she's like, maybe she's mentioned me to you. And he's like, yeah, we've heard a few things. <laughs> he says Amanda's not going to be home for an hour, but he offers her some wine while she waits. Like, he's like, come on in. Which is kind of bizarre because Jake also had a bad relationship with his mom. So you'd think he'd kind of get maybe why it wouldn't be cool. Right? Because didn't he fight with... Was he with Sandy at that time? Yeah, he was with Sandy. Yes. Yeah, when his kind of trashy mom came into town. His alcoholic mom. And she <laughs> and she thought he she he should forgive her. And he was like, doesn't work that way, Sandy. Yeah, but now he's like on the other side. He's like, he just must he must have popped a Molly because he's being so welcoming <laughs> and gr- like gracious to this woman that he's only and heard in bad a home things. that he does not live in yeah right not, it's in not, not his, his home but also this is so unlike jake because he's like i just opened a bottle of wine it's like who are you <laughs> jake doesn't just open a bottle of wine he cracks a beer yeah and no. he's also got some steaks marinating but he does clarify yes. he's like i only cook macho food i cook burgers and steaks that's it okay but marinating <laughs> yeah that's a <laughs> he just learned about marinating um she comes in and she starts crying because she's so proud of Amanda. She's looking at her little one bedroom apartment and she's like, I just am so proud of my daughter. And she's landed this hunk. I couldn't that's, be more proud. <laughs> that's what she's really proud about. And Jake has been so compassionate to this complete stranger who he's only heard bad things about from Amanda. He hugs her. He hugs her while she's sobbing. A long hug. Yeah. It was a long hug. It's that's like just a, like weird. Um, a Melrose place, a long hug is uh, first base. <laughs> yeah, totally. We know where that leads. Yeah. And so he's like, I'll talk to her. He's like, he's really acting like this is a woman he's like known for years. It's so funny. Yeah. Later at the Seven Seas Seafood Restaurant, <laughs> Kimberly and Michael are having a romantic dinner. And Michael is dunking on Sydney at this dinner. He's like, can you believe it? She fainted. She just went straight down. It was hilarious. 
that little tramp that li- that little tramp ah, like his language is so old school it's just always fucking it. funny yeah he talks like a 1930s gangster <laughs> that's true oh uh, and kimberly's like michael why do you not have a second drink <laughs> <laughs> The last time we were together and you got drunk didn't didn't end up so. (laughs) I love I love the nods to Michael's subtle functioning alcoholism throughout this series. Yeah, like it like his alcoholism is is, besides the like accident thing. Like this isn't like a plot point like Allison's alcoholism. But but if you think about it, Michael does drink a lot. Oh yeah, and it does affect his work. But he's still like a functioning alcoholic. Yes. Um, so she's like, Michael, maybe don't have that second drink. And he's like, yeah, you're mad at me about Sydney, aren't you? Come on, Kimberly. <laughs> it was in the past. <laughs> I mean, Kimberly has a lot of reasons to be mad at him. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just hope you can forgive me. And she's like, oh, Michael, I do forgive you. She's playing. She's playing real cool right now. Yeah, she is. And Michael, it's like as sinister as Michael is, doesn't he for one second think like, hmm, I wonder if she's bitter right. at all. <laughs> like he just completely buys that any woman, of course, would want to get back with him. Yeah. And she's really struggling throughout this dinner. And she's like, yeah. look, this doesn't have to do with Sydney. It's my headaches. Mm. Mm. And we know what headaches means in soap opera language. Yeah. There's something sinister there. Yes. She pops a pill. At dinner. Back in Amanda's, she is chewing out Jake for being nice to her mom. <laughs> She's like, you crossed a line letting her into my home. And he's like, what's your problem? She told me you were working together. She's yeah. like, he, she lies, Jake. And <laughs> he's like, come on, my parents suck ass too. My mom's a drunk. And I don't know where my dad is. Yeah. But they're still my parents. All of a sudden, he's on that route. This isn't... Who's this Jake? And he's like, she's your mother, and you can't run away from that. Mm. But she's mad. And she, so she says, I can't stand being hurt. I can't. And that was the one moment when my husband was in the room at the time, and that was when he, he started to laugh. <laughs> it, just, it just seemed like a very not like throwaway line that just yeah really tickled him yeah i love when someone who doesn't watch a show like melrose place overhears a snippet of it and they're just (laughs) like what are you watching especially when they're laughing and we're like glued to the set (laughs) (laughs) the next day sydney returns to melrose place with a sad looking suitcase this Mm. suitcase this is like Straight out of a high school production of 42nd Street. (laughs) Where where does she get this suitcase from? No. She has, she's wearing sunglasses. She looks like shit. She knocks on Jane's door. I mean, just, I love the audacity of Sydney so much. Yeah. She'll never not go back to Jane (laughs) in those moments, even after everything that's happened. It's truly something to behold. She just wants to talk. And Jane is like, Jesus Christ, Sydney. (laughs) And Sydney bursts into tears. And she's like, Jane, Kimberly is alive. Jane's like, Sydney. She's like, what? And she's like, Michael kicked me out and he wants a divorce. (laughs) Sorry to laugh at her pain, but it's so absurd. And Jane's like, well, blackmail isn't a very good building block for a relationship. Uh, and she's like, Jane, please, can I just stay with you? And she's like, no, you can't just Jane stay with says, me. I would rather set my fire to myself first. <laughs> she she was the original set yourself on fire. <laughs> yeah. Sydney is like begging and sobbing and Jane does not give a shit. She's been down this road before with Sydney. Finally, she's like not having it, right? She, cause Sydney, she gave yeah. it to Sydney like the first few times. 
<laughs> she finally got She's she learned. finally got it. Sydney went to Al Anon. I mean, Jane went to Al Anon. Yeah. This is like she has like Al Anon um you know, boundaries, Alan on boundaries with Sydney. And she's like, I'm not falling for this. I'm not going to be swayed by your tears. This is another timeline. I'm curious about because Michael kicked her out like a few days ago. Right. (laughs) The divorce. Yeah. Cause then she went to the hospital with the cop the next day. Oh, right. So it's like, where has she been? Is she at Lauren's path? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she was saying where Kimberly had been. Ah, yeah. They switched. Right. Right. So, where am I? I'm sorry. Oh, Sarah. Sarah is back. Sarah's back on set. She's so happy. She like Joe can resume this photo shoot with the muted pastel floral dresses on the beach. Yeah, and Joe is Joe is happy. She's back, and Sarah's thanking her for being so great. And she sits down in the makeup chair and that's when Joe sees a bruise <laughs> on her neck. And I was like, oh, I forgot about this storyline. This little side storyline with, with Joe and the, and the model. Right. Who has an it's abusive. So perfect. Partner. Yeah. And, and of course, Joe's like, how'd you get that bruise, Sarah? And she's like, oh, I just fell down some stairs. <laughs> in my, yeah. Up. Like, the classic that's kind of a big deal <laughs> yeah that's a big deal. yeah you don't fall downstairs and bruise the back of your neck like <laughs> right at least, at least come up with something <laughs> yeah. it was like, it, she should have said curling iron yeah something. i mean classic. that would have been burnish but it would have been a little more just the placement of it yeah the placement yeah. of it was pretty hard to come up with an excuse for but joe's from new york and she's smart <laughs> yeah. she's skeptical despite her read escapade right she's still smart <laughs> billy and allison god just take this out to pasture <laughs> and shoot it they're talking about wedding venues this wedding is going to be like ninety thousand dollars the way they're talking about this yeah like wedding venues are so expensive totally um he's like everything's getting too fancy and then jane comes over pissed off and she's like if you wanted to fire me you could have told me yourself (laughs) (laughs) and allison's like what are you talking about and she's like the planner called and said and fired me a little misunderstanding allison's like no we didn't and then the planner arrives and allison's like you went behind my back and she's like i spoke to william and billy's like it's billy (laughs) you bitch (laughs) And you're fired. And she's like, well, I'm billing your father for everything. I'm going to bankrupt you. You won't him. have enough money left to have your wedding in a bus station. <laughs> I, also, I also love when so she funny. says to Jane, like, do you do tablecloths? Maybe we can hire you. Yeah. For that. <laughs> that was so mean. Um, Billy's like, let's go to Shooters. <laughs> Shooters will solve it. Uh, Okay, this is incredible. I had forgotten about Amanda's mom's boyfriend. This guy. Oh, yeah. This this guy played every sleazebag in the Mm -hmm. mid-90s. He's got like the Gordon... What is it? Gecko, gecko hair. It's like the but it's feathered. But yeah. it's feathered. It's feathered and kind of slicked back on top and kind of mullety. Like it's a little long in the back. It's someone I don't <laughs> buy for a second that Hillary is with. No. Yeah. He's not hot enough. If you're going to have a boy toy, but like he has those piercing you get a Jake. eyes. Yeah, exactly. That's what she's thinking. I need an upgrade. <laughs> she they're <laughs> they're having a little double date with Amanda and Jake. This is her boy toy, Chaz. Of course, his name Chaz. <laughs> perfect name. It's too perfect. And Hillary's trying to make nice with Amanda, but Amanda's like, I can't just act like everything's fine, mother. Yeah. And we also find out Amanda has a half brother. Oh, yeah. That was like so. Oh, yeah. Nowhere. I almost feel like Amanda didn't almost know. <laughs> She's like, I've never met him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chaz is trying to play footsie with Amanda under the table. Unbelievable. So this guy's a real piece of work. And Chaz is like, look, I don't know why you broads keep fighting. (laughs) He's like, oh, the big deal is 
Yeah, he tries to t- to kind of dom the table out of out of nowhere. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm horny, and I'm wondering if you two do mother daughter <laughs> stuff together. <Can> kiss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys kiss. <laughs> and Hillary's like, you know, Amanda. He's like, Hillary knows a lot of people in the business, so I'd be careful, Amanda. Like he tries to intimidate Amanda. Unbelievable. At the table, it's like, do you know who she is? And that, <laughs> and that's when Jake is like, look, pal. You don't gets, have to ask Jake twice to get involved. No, in tough guy. no. He, he's just no. itching to punch a wall in this restaurant. <laughs> like he would love, he would love to smash a glass and like break it over Chaz's head. Amanda is like, keep a leash on your boyfriend. Yeah. To her mom. And that's how they're able to continue the dinner. <laughs> um, The next scene is absolutely stunning. And it's like, of course, this is where we ended up with Billy and Allison's wedding. Mm, yeah. All of this work <laughs> for nothing. But this makes the most sense for, of course. for these two idiots. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Billy and Allison have decided that not only are they going to have their wedding at Melrose Place, but they're going to have shooters cater. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of wings. And- we, no, just- <laughs> we, have got, we have gone on and on together about the food like what the quality of the food is like at shooters like, we've talked about this at length it's the kind of place where you get the mozzarella sticks and the mozzarella isn't melted quite enough yeah everything's yeah. been sitting in that window for a bit the heat window it's just kind of sitting there yeah. and kind of getting colder yeah the food there is incredibly it's like mediocre to below mediocre and you only eat there as like a last resort it's only good when you're drunk, kind of like food. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank goodness. <laughs> it's <laughs> only so good when you're drunk there. So they're going to have wings at their wedding, which honestly, I don't mind. I think there's nothing wrong if you want to have wings, but get it from a better place. Exactly. Yeah, don't get right. it from shooters. Like what? Do shooters even cater? Like, <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> it's honestly so disgusting to me. Like I'm. I'm so upset about this wedding. Yeah. About the, if if I went to someone's wedding and they had shooters <laughs> catering, I'd be devastated. Also, I know you guys met at Melrose Place, but why would you have your wedding in an apartment complex? With a pool in the middle of the, the, pool the venue? Middle, you can't even dance. <laughs> the yeah. pool's obstructing everything. There's no room. Mm-hmm. It's they're, crazy. Um, but they're like unless they're gonna do that, like it's a wonderful life cover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they where they're that dancing scary yeah. cover over it. Um, no, th- this is terrible. And that's when Sydney approaches. And they're like, What are you doing here? And she's like, I live here again. I'm getting a divorce. Two of you will one day. <laughs> that's that's so perfect. Just, it's so funny having not watched the show um, along with you two. And, and so trying to remember who was living with whom, where, yes. and, and how the musical chairs kind of goes along. Yeah. Cause it changes so much. Yeah. And I guess it's good that that apartment that Ted, the creepy um, handyman was in is available for Sydney, I guess. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it is funny. Like how, how different the like living situations, like how much they change throughout the series. Oh, totally. Um, so Sydney's back at Melrose Place. Okay, let's let's get to it. Back at the beach house, Michael and Kimberly are having sex. It's very passionate. She's flipping mm-hmm. her hair around. She's gyrating on him, and then she gets up and she tells Michael. I'll be back, okay? And that's when she goes to the bathroom and takes some pills. And Maris, like I said at the top of this episode, I feel like you described it best in your article in The Cut. And I'm just going to read this because it was just too perfect. So you said, she's just had hot beach house sex. But you can tell her head hurts too much to enjoy any postcoital bliss. She rubs her temples, musses her beautiful hair, and takes a bunch of pills. 
Then she reaches to the side of her face and tears away, ripping off something that we understand to be a wig, revealing a Frankenstein-esque scar that runs the length of her nearly bald head. Anyone who was watching Fox that night was shrieking, I promise. (laughs) Maris, tell us about the moment you first saw this scene in 1994. Yeah, I I think that... I think that very few things on Melrose Place were shocking in a real shock way. Like even the hello mother was like, yeah. like, okay, we get that. We see that. And this felt so different. It felt like, what is Kimberly? Is is she an alien? Is like, has she is she a ghost? Like, what are we dealing with an actual person or like what are we dealing with now? It's almost shot like a horror movie, this scene. Yes, yes. And um, it it then starts to make sense, right? Like, of course she didn't escape months of coma with with not a scratch on her. That's just uh, the way that Michael would like to imagine that it should be. Yeah. Um, Um, and, And of course, back at the time you can see that she is crazy. (laughs) Right. And crazy is, is the word we used back then for sure. Especially when talking about women. Yes. Yeah. Woman. No, I, I mean, I think one of the interesting things I liked in your article is something that we go through a lot these days, thinking back to, Amanda Bynes and Brittany and how and Monica Lewinsky and how we treated these women or not us, but people in general treated these women when they were actually the one it's like they weren't the bad guys, but we kind of villainized no. them. Right. And I feel like Kimberly was also like villainized. I mean, cause she does some crazy shit coming up, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but yes. <laughs> Of all the people, she actually has a reason to be angry. Like, yeah, she has a legitimate grievances and, and a real motive. And you, and I think as you get older, when you watch this scene or her character arc, you really empathize with her more. Oh, totally. I mean, I also think like when that scene happened, like the reason, part of the reason I think it was so shocking, was seeing Kimberly look like that well she goes from this like 40s screen siren her gorgeous you know she's so part of her character is that she's like drop dead gorgeous to seeing her with this post-apocalyptic hairdo with the huge scar off on her head right and well even like and then she suddenly looks she suddenly looks frail too. Like yes, she, she, she even her looked face. really strong. Yes. It. That's yes. what I was wondering when they film it. Cause we see her having sex. She looked like normal Kimberly. And I almost feel like they made her look worse when the wig came off, like p- made her more pale or they did something to her face too. I think just to make maybe heighten that moment. Yeah. She looks yeah. like a uh, gaunt. She looks more gaunt and sort of, damage like phys- like you see the damage on her outsides right like if she yeah. walked in looking like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> the lightning scene yeah that would have been really great <laughs> yeah michael would have been like sydney i love you <laughs> yeah sydney i'm staying i'm never leaving who's this broad it's- <laughs> but it, but it's also i think you mentioned in your essay that it's like this was the moment you knew like, okay, shit is truly going to go off the rails now. Like yeah. up until this point, yes. yes, there has been very juicy, but typical soap opera storylines. Yes. And this was sort of like, okay, this is different. I haven't seen this before. Yeah. And what's going to happen now? I'm down. Like any, it was, the and moment- it's just going to get wilder and wilder. Yeah. yeah. It really was the moment in the show where anything could happen. Now you mentioned like, you wouldn't be surprised if like aliens aliens started happening on on Melrose Place like it, anything all, all bets were off all options were on the table yeah and during our rewatch that's like something we're always trying to pinpoint like when does the show cuz there's obviously the first season is very sitcommy storyline whole types of wholesome like a more whatever slice of life boring esque <laughs> season and we're always kind of like young adults growing up yeah. yeah and it's like when does 
when does Michael change? We're like trying to always look for those moments or, you know what I mean? And what's the, what's mm -hmm. the tipping point? Like what's the, like when the dominoes fall. And I think this is definitely the major tipping point for when it becomes the Melrose place. Everyone sort of thinks of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the like, golden years. Yeah. The golden years of Melrose place. I mean, oh, just like thinking about some of this upcoming storylines. I get, I get chills thinking about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, God, I, I, I love a bomb. I want, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, God. But that's a crazy story. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Murders start happening, deaths. Like, I mean, it yeah. is totally. It, it's like it, when I, I, I will say this when I first started watching Game of Thrones, my reaction, I, I loved Game of Thrones, but my reaction was, oh, this is Melrose Place. <laughs> but set in like but Westeros. <laughs> this is Melrose Place, basically. I yeah. mean, I think, like I mentioned, I think that's how I got you to watch it finally. That is that you said it's a soap opera. And I was like, this is Melrose Place. Amazing. Um, yeah, that is why I started watching it. But I do think, like I mentioned earlier, people who haven't seen Melrose Place will dismiss it. But this is such a just such a it's one of my all-time favorite series i think it's so well done i'm been a longtime fan of it and i think it like i mean even though it was like one of the most popular shows on at the time during its peak yeah like it should not be dismissed and when <laughs> when when we as a society discuss all-time great television shows <laughs> and i think it does get dismissed because it was marketed towards like women you know, and women who like nighttime soaps. Yes. It's not a prestige television drama. <laughs> to me, to me, this is peak TV. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I feel like it's the kind of thing, like, especially nighttime soap. Like, I, I wonder if the kids today <laughs> understand what that was. And like, I feel like the level of camp we start seeing oh. in Melrose Place is not like, Maybe you see it on reality TV sometimes, but I yes. don't think there's anything quite like it. Yeah, that's a good point. I I feel like, yeah, this this has some iconic campy moments. Yeah, camp. That's probably why that Met Ball camp, the camp Met Ball was such a fail, because people just don't, didn't grow up with nighttime soap. <laughs> they should have worn short little mini suits. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, oh, my God. Well, do you have any other thoughts about Melrose Place as a series or any uh, memories of watching it as it aired? You know, like I, I recorded some episodes, so it just so happened that um, I watched the Sandy getting stalked episode quite a lot. And then when you think about it, I... I the the amount of stalking that happens on that show <laughs> where about one building complex yes it's really diabolical yeah i mean this somebody okay someone in our discord for our podcast a listener posited that maybe the melrose place complex is haunted like maybe <laughs> there's a curse put on it like that's the twist that the whole time this like a, a curse has been put on this building. And that's why all this shit happens to anyone who lives there. Well, and it's funny because cops get called several times that we've seen on this show and not once are they like, wow, isn't this the place where that last stop? <laughs> yeah. Wow, lady, didn't you get carjacked? Didn't your boyfriend kill himself on the phone with you? Yeah. Wasn't he stalking you? We we sure respond to a lot of calls for this place. Yeah, it's like I would love just one meta joke. Yeah, from the yeah. Oh, this place again. Just one short scene yeah. of the nine one one operator being like, "It's Melrose Place again." <laughs> There's a guy in the crawl space. <laughs> oh, oh my god, Maris, where can people find you? I have a podcast called oh. the Maris Review. Available wherever you get your podcasts. It's, I talk to a different author every week. Cool. And I, uh, you can find me on Twitter still. I don't know. Uh, Maris <laughs> Kreisman on Twitter. I was so happy when I saw the name of your podcast because it's just so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. I love it. Thank um, you. 
thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Maris. this was great. I'm glad it worked out. Delightful. Thank you very much. And we will be back next week. Bye. 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 Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free warbyparker.com slash covered hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.